do we even start? Um, I mean, we could start by embracing it and just talking about that. That's very true. Audio how we got, hijack just fucked us. Yeah, we got, we got, we got, we got played hard actually on that. That was great. We got eight minutes into this episode, and then got slapped with a bunch of noise, and they were like, "Hey." If you want to record and not have all this fucking noise over your audio, then purchase the full version and stop using the trial, you cheap fuck. So. And here we are. Back at it again. Back at uh, it again with the boys. Back at it. I thought, I thought you were going to say back at it again with the white vans, but all right. I don't own white vans, so can't be back you at don't, it with that. You don't own white vans? Why not? Because I got fat feet. Neither do I, actually. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny because I don't own any fucking vans. And, like, I remember a while ago, I was, like, a friend of mine, she was like, let's go to this emo night. And I was like, nah, I can't go. Don't got don't got vans. <laughs> that wow. was my excuse for not going. But I had been to emo nights before, and, like, a lot of them were pretty chill. But I think the, the best emo night is emo night LA, but whatever. So, That's all I gotta say. Let's let's re, let's let's go where we let's go back to it. What were we talking about before we got so, fucked? So we kind of gotta like start over because I've lost my train of thought. Hang on. Uh, this episode is actually being recorded over Discord, so if we sound kind of funky. Uh, that's because neither of us right now, we both have things going on that we can't meet up in person. So both of us are actually doing this over discord. So if we sound funky, that's why. Yeah. So sorry guys, we're going to get back to, at some point we'll get back to, you know, our live setup where it's cleaner and the interaction is a lot, lot better. Um, but I want to set the right tone for this podcast episode. Um, in light of Rick Fox, we're not going to start with that. Yeah, we're not going to start there, but I just want to set the right tone for the episode. So. All right, that's enough because um, I don't want us to get sued by Def Jam or Good Music or whoever. Publishes you went long. You went longer last time, but okay, I'll allow it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, but you know, second chance. You know, we got to do it right. Exactly. So we uh, before we got cut off, we were talking about uh, Hbox at Pound getting a crab, a live crab thrown at him. Um, yeah. Apparently, some kid was walking around with a crab the entire event, and he was placing it on the table like during his matches, during pools, I guess as a distraction. Um, mm. But for some reason, during the finals, he decided, you know what? Fuck Hungry Box. I'm going to throw this crab at him. Yeah, and he straight up just threw it. And, and uh, Hungry Box like, essentially just picked up the crab, and he just went, who the freak's crab? Who threw a freaking crab? Or a fucking crab? I don't really know if he cursed or not. Um, but I just think that's great. Uh, though, to be fair, as I was talking about before we got fucked up, it had a really good... Uh, it had a decent outcome. Like, no one really was, like, fucked over. Like, he got, like, Jimmy Seafood Shack, whatever, sent him, like, a box of crabs to be like, hey, this is all good. Like, eat some steamed crabs and, like, don't and like don't worry about it. So it had, like, a good outcome, I feel like, which is good. Yeah. Um, it, the only thing is, it's just, like, 
what was the purpose of throwing the crab? Like, Hungrybox and Mango see each other in, like, almost every event in the finals or, like, Losers Brackets finals. And it's just like, this is my one chance. I'm going to throw a crab at him. Like, what if you would have hit Mango and not Hungry? Like, then what? I mean, now that guy can't ever, like, walk around with this crab anymore. Because if, like, he goes with this crab, people are going to be like, oh, it's that guy. He's the piece of shit who threw a, well, who threw a fucking crab at H-Box. Well, accordingly, um, after the dude, they found out who it was and kicked him out, um, you know, they got his name or whatever. And he, apparently he's been banned from an X amount of number of, like, smash events. Um, mm. But I don't know if that's only, like, of, uh, what is it? VG boot camp. I don't know if it's only their events or if it's like all oh. smash events. Yeah, like if they sent out an email with this guy's information, like <clears throat> but he's been banned from just like other events outside of just getting kicked out. So Well, sir, I hope your crab prank was worth it. Um I really hope it was. And while we're on the topic of food, right? Yeah. Know, crabs being thrown. KFC has decided to host a non-professional CSGO tournament, right? And when I say KFC, Wait. I'm not talking about Korean fried chicken. I'm talking about the Colonel. He's talking, he's talking about the Colonel. He's talking about KFC hosting the their um their fucking their esports tournament. Which though the prize is a trip to Berlin Majors, like which is kind of a dope prize. It's a lot better than Chipotle, uh, what is it, Challenger Series, where it's like, hey, you win. You get a year-free supply of Chipotle. Okay, first off, all right, first off, here's the thing. I would not mind that. Do you know how many fucking keto bowls I'd get from Chipotle? Oh, my God. That's because you live in New York. You don't live in one of these European countries that don't have Chipotle. You don't know that? I bet you if I looked it up right now. Somebody would have... No, no, no. Like, I'm your... just saying you live in New York and, in, like, in America where Chipotle is like, damn, I'm hungry. Let me just run down to Chipotle. I don't think Albania, Bulgaria, the Czech Republic, Greece, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania. I don't think any of these places have Chipotle in them. So I didn't, you know like... What? what? Tell me what. I'm about, I'm about to look it up. Look it up. I can guarantee you they're not there. Uh, in the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, Germany, France. All right, fuck, you're right. Gotcha. Damn it. I thought I was going to be like, no, excuse me, you're wrong. But <laughs> nope. No, but apparently they're KFCs and they're hosting an event. For My thing is, what are they going to use to qualify someone as a non-professional gamer? Like, I mean, is I it think only if I, you're not signed to an org? I would assume so. Or I would assume actually maybe it's maybe it's if you've never been in a professional tournament, if you've been like amateur local tournaments and stuff like that, I'm assuming you could be in there. But like I'm, yeah, I I would I would say, because yeah, it looks like oh go ahead, it looks like it's like if you want to participate, you need to sign up online or like as a solo player. So I'm assuming like as soon as you pop your information in, maybe they just have a a thing of like hey like. We could just look up and see if maybe you've ever used this gamer tag in other tournaments or something like that, or if your name pops up for organizations. Yeah, but like some of those dudes, how can I say? They may have competed at like a competitive level, but not have like the same 
accolades as like say for like a Stewie 2K or like a nothing or Shroud, um, you know, guys of that Alige. Like if they haven't like is that is, do you think that's fair though? Like that those guys still have the same opportunity even though it's considered like non pro if they weren't signed to an official organization. Um, I think so. You know, I I just think I think it's a I think there's just a lot of amateur players that are out there that like can go toe to toe with some of these guys, um, but just had never had the opportunity to. So I think this is a good way if those like quote unquote pro players are gonna be able to like sneak in or get in. Um, I think this is a good test to see if they can actually like cut it with with like guys that have been playing amateur but still on a very high level. Um, I see nothing really wrong with it. Um, did you see also that there's another tournament too that KFC is hosting? Uh, I did not. What What is that? One? They're hosting. They're hosting a Dota a, Do, a Dota two tournament as well. Uh, um, and I it's heard like, of it, but I didn't read about it. Yeah, and it's uh it's players again open for Russia, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, uh, Armenia, Georgia. Uh, oh my God, I can't even say these last two names, but. The sim- it's like a very similar prize that like if you win for a CSGO, you go to the grand- the finals in Berlin. But for this, you go to interna- the 2019 uh, Dota f- uh, finals in Shanghai. Okay, yeah. Usually they have like the international in, I think it's Seattle. Which so, again, that's super which again you said uh, these are pretty good prizes considering. Um, I personally wouldn't mind a year supply of Chipotle. But I guess KFC's doing the right thing and being like, hey, go on a trip. All expenses paid, which is cool, too. To me, it's just a better... The reason it's a better prize is because you're... I feel like you're providing a bit more to those who are willing to... Maybe maybe not necessarily accept you into the space, but give you the opportunity to be in the space. Like, does that make sense? Like, if Chipotle is just like, all right... They're not, we probably don't plan on sticking around, but here's a year supply of like Chipotle versus yeah. it's like a company like KFC is literally providing you a full experience. And like you're, you're, you're essentially being like a part of the community that you love. Like you love CSGO. That's only esport you watch. We're going to give you an opportunity to go experience that live in person if you've never, you know, if you've never had the opportunity versus like Chipotle, where it's like, hey, we just want to see how much like money we're going to get from this. We don't really care, you know, about sticking around if it doesn't work out for us from a business point standpoint. I understand. But as a fan of esports, it's kind of like. All right, you guys could give a little bit more like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I I do feel like it's a, it's a more catered prize, definitely. Yeah. Um. That's 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 that. I'll agree with you. It's definitely a more catered prize. Uh, for what it for what it is. It, it would have been the same if like Bud Light, they sponsored the uh Overwatch League for the remainder of 2019. They plan on being at what is it, Dallas Homestead. Hmm. Um. Yeah. The the Bud Knight is gonna be at Dallas Homestead walking around and i'm sure i'm sure during like the homestead game of the weekend which i it's going to be the houston outlaws versus the dallas fuel he's gonna like probably like make the entrance and shit and be like dilly dilly but like (laughs) like it's gonna be a whole big thing and um somebody tweeted out they were like yo 
Overwatch League has been in Dallas for two minutes and this shit happens already? <laughs> yeah, so uh, apparently they're going to have uh, four of their activations, which means um, the other Homestead events or live events. Bud Light will be there serving beer. Um, they do plan on you know doing the basic marketing of ads run through the online viewing of the game. But it's going to be very weird being like, Bud Light, sponsor of the Overwatch League. But yeah, that yeah. would be like if uh, like if Bud Light came in and they're like, actually, instead of sponsoring this, we just want to give you guys like a year worth of Bud Light if you win the Overwatch League finals. Like, that's <laughs> kind of how I was looking at like Chipotle versus like an actual sponsorship. Like the sponsorship yeah. for ESL and DreamHack is dope. Like, I like that. What's going to be around that? Dope. But to make a challenger series, like, KFC is literally stepping out and being like, hey, if you're not a professional gamer, we're willing to give you an opportunity to experience something of that caliber. Where Chipotle is like, hey, we don't really care who you are. Come play. Promote Chipotle. And then win this uh, year supply of Chipotle. You know, like now it's gonna end up happening, right? Like, just you just wait for it. Now, now that all these fast food places, and I think I talked about this on like an episode two weeks ago. Um, you're just gonna see jerseys now with like fucking Chipotle insignias and McDonald's insignias and like the Wendy's girl on the fucking arm. I'm telling you, it's happening. It's fucking happening, see, Troy. I don't, I don't mind it because, like, for example, it's occurring in basketball, right? Like you're yeah. starting to see the sponsors on the shoulder. That I don't mind. The thing that's going to bother me with the jerseys and sponsors is when they're going to have, one, sponsors of conflict of interest. Cause it's going to happen at some point. And when is too many sponsors on one jersey or team flag too much? Mm. It's kind of like when... You buy a soccer jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Take Manchester United, for example. I'm a huge fan of them. But when they released the Chevrolet logo on their jersey, oh, and it was, was it like, smack dab in the middle. It was the 2017 had, jersey, 2018 jersey, I, I think feel it was like. a 2018 jersey. Mm-hmm. And it just had Chevrolet and the big gold like emblem, and they look like Superman. Yeah. Now, it, yeah. It, one large, like, logo, all right, cool, fine, like, I can tolerate it, right? Even over though it's ugly. But when you start slapping 40 different sponsors of unhealthy, like, crap just on your jersey, and not to mm. say, like, Chipotle or any of these things are, are really crap, but just I'm saying, like, it's it's a bunch of crap centralized on a shirt and you expect people to go and buy it, and then you expect revenue back from people purchasing that. I don't want to see 40 logos on a um, jersey. And this is what this is what I'm um this is kind of like what I'm bringing up also. Like um like if you're a city and you represent um or getting localized like non like non national sponsors is a weird thing for me. You said non 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 national. Okay. <clears throat> Case in point, um, uh, Dallas. No, um, 
Houston Outlaws recently got sponsored by Heb. Do you know what Heb is? Is that the grocery store? Yes, it's the grocery yeah, yeah. store that's only in fucking Texas. Yeah. And they're going to have the Heb logo on their jersey. Like, you really want, like, somebody, like, to be rocking this jersey that just says Heb? They have no idea what the fuck Heb is. Like, you could have a, da- uh, a Houston Outlaws fan from fucking New York, and they're like, yeah, Heb. I don't fucking know what Heb is. It's the difference between back in the day when jerseys, like, for pro teams would have sponsorships from, like, uh, like, like Hot like, Pocket or Dr. Pepper. Yeah, but also I was going to say, like, um, like, like, uh, like graphics, like NVIDIA and like, and stuff like that. Like, it's a different vibe. Like, yes, if you're sponsored by like computer company or software or something like that, it's different because it's accessible. But when you start getting really oddly specific about like your sponsorships, I don't think it's going to work. And I think it's going to be too much. Like how, like, um, if you, if you've never noticed it, Dallas Fuel is sponsored by Jack in the Box. Yeah. There's a giant jack, not giant, but there's a Jack in the Box label on their jerseys above Dallas Fuel. Yeah. Who the fuck eats Jack? Who the fuck eats Jack in the Box? Well, now the the Dallas Fuel players have to. <laughs> Just Dallas Fuel is constantly at at Jack in the Box, like exactly. You guys want some tacos? But the thing that I look at it like is like what um what Leonix was saying at PAX, right? When you start to localize your sponsorship, you might get different opportunities because like when he was talking about like the health insurance thing, like because mm. he's based out of uh, Pittsburgh, mm. when they, ha- when you, ha- I feel like if you have a spot, like, all that, yeah, like, I oh, remember. How can you say you're, you know, yeah, you're based out of Dallas, but everyone who sponsors and all the money that comes in for your organization <laughs> It's international, right? So it's like, okay, well, we want to sponsor you, but there's not enough localization. So how do mm. we do that? We need to find mm. companies that are local, mm-hmm. grocery store or Jack in the Box or whatever it may be, and throw that on the jersey, collect some money from them. And then if we want to move into this space or have someone work with us due to our localization, then it'll work because then... Like how he's saying with the health insurance, imagine if you're, you know, in Pittsburgh and you see all this localization and it's like, okay, well, I'm thinking about moving here, blah, blah, blah. What's a good health insurance? And, you know, Mm. you're a fan of Pittsburgh Knights and they're like, hey, you know, this is the health insurance that our players use or that sponsor us. You know, there's other plays into other than it just being like, all right, you're a worldwide known team. But, but you got the backing of of yada yada yada. I can I can see where that yeah, makes sense. Like it, it international works because of how well uh well spread it is. But focusing and getting localization, why it seems weird. I can see why it's happening. Like because mm-hmm. we're not used to it. But all these orgs in esports are trying to franchise. Yep. The easiest <coughs> one of the easiest ways to franchise is to have the whole geolocation. So going into that, knowing that, hey, next year we're gonna be playing in Texas. What can we do to bring money back to our states, our cities, and put it back into, you know, the Texas state government? Mm-hmm. It it may not be that deep to some extent, but like that all plays a part. 
you mm. know, if people are traveling to Texas, right? You know, they're staying in an Airbnb. They may not be eating out. They're going to be there for, let's say, a month, right? Where are you going to go get groceries from? Fucking Heb. <laughs> exactly. My favorite yeah. Overwatch team is sponsored by this grocery store. Why not just go to this grocery store? Like, it's it's very small, like, microtransaction stuff that I feel like the localization is paying a part of. And because, again, we're so used to esports being worldwide that we're just like, what are y'all doing? Uh, like, yeah, like, yeah. like you said, what's ahead? But if you ever end up in Texas for any reason, for any event, you, you, you're exactly. going to see that and you'll know what it is. No, look at you with the good replies. Hey, man, look, I'm just saying. Um, Got to dig deep sometimes. But... Do you, remember, let me ask I feel, this I, I, I'm thinking about this, though, but I'm also not thinking about the Bud Light thing. And I'm thinking about... Remember, I feel like... Didn't we talk about how like it'd be a very hard get for Bud Light to join? I was just about to ask something in, in the nature of that. Um... But but give me a little more. Like, what are you what are you asking exactly? Like, because I feel like we talked it? we talked about how Bud Light being like a sponsor or just a beer sponsor in general for Overwatch League would be kind of a stretch. Um, I, I I feel like we talked about it with like David, uh, how like it would be kind of hard to have video games because they're marketed towards children as well. Um, but how do you feel that now they're approaching it not from like a oh we're a video game for kids, but now they're approaching it as we're sponsoring a sports organization that is that's watched by adults. Do you yeah. feel like we're starting to phase out the younger crowd now? Or do you think we're going to start alienating the crowd with our sponsorship? Are we going to start now? Does this mean like we're going to see like Jack Daniels and shit sponsoring it? I don't know. But how do you, do you feel like if we go too much, are we going to spot, are we going to phase out the younger crowd of, uh, of, of esports or of Overwatch in general? So, so yeah, we did discuss it with David when we had, like, our beer talk. Yeah. Um, and after reading over this article of Bud Light sponsoring Overwatch League for the remainder of 2019, I, after I sat and thought about it for a little bit, right, uh-huh. I came to the conclusion that this plays no part on the kids that games are marketed to. Because if you think about it, even though the NFL, the NHL, FIFA, the NBA, none of these sports are marketed toward children. Yet Uh children watch these games. They know who these players are. They know what the sport is. But we never say during the Super Bowl, hey, don't watch this commercial. It's a beer commercial hey, don't watch this commercial because it's a cigarette commercial. Not to say yeah. like, I want cigarettes into esports. Yeah. But advertising and marketing within that space doesn't mean that necessarily that's who you're marketing to. Those just happen to be a part of the audience. It's not but, the direct audience you're marketing to. I was going to say, but remember... This is an organ. This is a. This is something that started based to be geared towards non-adults. It's not like football. It's not like. It's not like NBA, NFL, 
uh, the FIFA Association. It's none of that. It was started like those organizations were specifically started to be geared towards adults. When when you say they were started, are you talking about the video game or Overwatch League itself? I want I want to say I want to say both because I feel like Overwatch League was supposed to be. I think I I feel like Overwatch is I'm definitely going to be geared more towards a younger crowd, and I feel like the same token with the league. I feel like the league. I think in the first, especially the first season, mm-hmm. was giving off this more so like we're a family fa- friendly vibe. We're all about gathering people, getting together, and watching Overwatch and doing all this. And now I feel like they're a little bit more like okay, we're like an esports league. We're like we're we're starting to gear towards more so like the like the over twenty one crowd, you know. Um, and that's the vibe I'm getting from it. You know, I, I feel think- like. They they were trying to be really fr- family friendly in the beginning, uh, like a season one, and I don't think it worked out for them because I think they realized that going to just a younger crowd, they're they're not going to be sustainable, and and I think that's why they started taking up these sponsorships like Bud Light, like you know, bringing Coca Cola and all that stuff, you know, because if you remember some their sponsors in season one were not like big brand stuff. I I think the biggest one they got was Toyota. And then afterwards, they got T-Mobile. Um, but I think their their season one sponsors. I think like they had. I think they had Bounty. I think they had Bounty paper towel. Like, so I don't know. I I think it falls under two things. Like you said, it may have been marketed toward children at the start, and they realize, hey, we didn't get as much revenue back as we thought we would. And the second part of that, or I won't say it's two different things. I think they fall together. They realize that. And because it's such a new thing and the only game that we really see franchise outside of Overwatch League is League of Legends. Yeah. They probably said, okay, this is such a new thing and we didn't see the results that we wanted. How do we alter and change? Because, again, at the end of the day, it's to make money. So, because esports is such a new thing and people are young, trying things and learning stuff, it might not just be the crowd that they... They might have thought, like, okay, yeah, let's market to the young kids because this looks like a child's game. Yeah. But when they realized how many people were watching that weren't children, that's probably when they were like, all right, let's switch it up. Let's see what we can get away with. And I'm pretty sure there are ways to make it so that uh, when it's shown on, what is it, Disney XD and maybe streamed in certain locations where the beer sponsors might not show up. But I think they're just having a change. Yeah. You know, we marketed to kids. It didn't work. That's clearly not where we're going to get our money from when it comes to the audience. Let's switch up and try something else. Plain and simple. Yeah. No, yeah, they they kind of mentioned it in the article that the Bud Light art uh, ads would kind of be only on like ABC, like um, uh, like their ESPN three and stuff like that, uh, yeah. and on Twitch. Um, but they would try. I th- I don't think they would put it on Disney XD. Um, but I do feel like it was a good move. I feel like it's gonna bring in a lot of a lot of more revenue. Um, I hope that doesn't mean we're gonna see a lot more like alcohol related drama at events because 
I don't think the Overwatch League needs any more negativity because season one was a fucking mess. I don't think it would. Honestly, I don't think the advertisement or sponsorship of it will increase it. Um, because at the end of the day, if someone gets wants to get drunk, they will. They'll find a way to do it. And if they're drunk and they behave um, and they conduct themselves piss poorly, that's just them as a person. I don't think it would increase or decrease. Yeah, yeah because it's at an event, if it's free, it might make it, it might increase it or maybe, I don't know, make it easier. But I, I think we'll probably see the same amount of drama. I don't think the, the sponsoring of the league will change or do much. Like, mm. Every mm-hmm. sport in the esport will always have drama. Yeah. Until, yeah, you know, may- maybe if, you know, uh, Hennessy decides, yo, we some of this action, and Ooh. then people start tripping off the Henny. Then. Oh, oh then wilding off the Henny, diving into the DMs, yeah. like. You know what I'm shit. saying? Like, What's up? might get a little crazy. Um, if we could be. Yo, Hennessy, sponsor this podcast. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Hennessy, sponsor. Henry, just as a what? person, <laughs> not as a podcast, but as a person. Yeah, sponsor me, just me. <laughs> like, uh, don't sponsor anything else, just me. So, just send me, just send me like boxes of Hennessy on a regular. I won't drink it. Yes, you uh, will. Yes, you will. No, I don't. Stop. I, I literally you can't say sponsor me and then say, hey, if you send me stuff, I'm not gonna use it. That's not how actually. To be work. fair, fine, 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 fine. If we're gonna talk about a, a brand, like a brand of alcohol, I would want to sponsor me. Tito, sponsor me, because I only, I literally rarely drink anything else but tito's so there we go happy but hennessy if you send him something he something. will if drink it you know what i'm saying I probably you know what I'm saying? also like you sent me a hennessy jacket i'm wearing that shit all the time um but while we're on the topic of marketing and audiences audiences excuse me i know you wanted to get into this uh article of like esports community fan breakdowns um yes and it was something I else did. that you texted me but i I'm drawing. A uh, do you want me to? Do you want me to start with the esports? Or do you want me? To, I I would probably take it more so from a gaming, uh, perspective. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna keep it gaming so, Uh Recently, an article was published, basically saying, uh, that in 2018, we have seen the least amount of people under 30 having sex, and the biggest reason they're saying is based on because of social media and gaming. Uh, it is reported that I believe like 30% of 21 to 20, no, I'm sorry, 18 to 28 year olds were reporting they were having less sex and spending more time uh, on social media and being on video games and playing games and stuff like that. And I think the biggest consensus of that is there are less, th- there are more things to do in 2019 or in 2018 than just fucking. And how do you feel about that? Do you feel like it is because of gaming? Or do you feel like there's been a rise of other things? Because I don't agree with it at all. I don't. I don't agree with it because I, I to think... place it because to place the blame solely on what's a current fad is very close-minded. To be like, yeah. oh, gaming is blown up. This is now the reason that no one's having sex. Like what no like there could be many other reasons and to just throw it on now i will say there with gaming blowing up there has been an increase of people 
who are chasing the clout and just want to be a streamer and go to all these events and do X, you know, this, this, and this, and just be famous. That, you know, there's always going to be that. And I feel like there has been an increase. But to say that the decrease in sex is because of it, I, I don't agree with it. Yeah. Well, it's not just gaming. They're also saying social media, but that really plays into gaming as well. Yeah. I think, you know, I disagree with that. I think some of the biggest things that contributed to less sex <clears throat> is um, 2018 was a lot of the Me Too movement. There was a lot of like anti, uh, not anti sex, but anti, well, I guess you could say anti sex um like campaigns and just a lot of like pro pro body positivity pro expression pro alternative forms of expression besides sex um and there's also been kind of a more upgrade up uptake and especially i think 2017 2018 in mental health and taking care of yourself instead of just mindless sex and shit like that to like ignore it so i think there's been a lot more positive things going on so i think that's also the contributing to it um but I, I will say there, I would say some social media does prevent people, um, definitely like like dating apps, because now you have the ability back in the day, you would be like branded as like a piece of shit if you made a date with somebody and then like didn't show up. But nowadays, it's so easy to just like make a match on Tinder, get their number and then just be like, I don't want to do this. And then you just block them. So yeah. I will say that you could just block them easier. Um but gaming as like a, oh, we're playing games more, we're doing this more, so like that's why we're not having sex. I think it's such a cop-out because, yeah. let's be honest, nerds are fucking. Like, 100%. Nerds I are think, fucking. I think, I think with what you were just saying, with over the, I'll say past two and a half years, so the beginning of 2019 until 2017-ish, I think people are scared. Because you have, and I'm not throwing the blame on anyone before anyone flip flips out. You had the uprise of the craze feminists. Hmm. You had Gamergate, which hmm. was focused in gaming. So that's clearly not one of the reasons. And then, like you said, you had the Me Too movement, which is men and women, not just women. And I think people are afraid to interact with each other because you don't know what someone's intentions are, whether that is for them to take advantage of you or for someone to lie on your name. You could easily just, you could slide into a girl's DMs and she'll be like, he was harassing me and he sent me unsolicited pictures. And, you know, some people will never ask, for evidence of that, like hardcore evidence, depending on how far it goes. If someone wanted to outcast you on the internet, they could just be like, oh, this person's a piece of crap. <clears throat> and then someone could just say, why? They could take a quick screenshot of them being in their DMs. And it might not even be the craziest thing, but people could just be like, oh, this is disgusting. We got to get rid of this guy, get him out of the community, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm not taking away from anyone and saying, you know, you, you're going to be offended by what you're offended by. No one can change that. But I think we just take everything to an extreme because it's on social media. And it's like, if you're, if you don't ignore it, you have to be outraged. Right? Yeah. And well, if you're now it's outraged, the, it's, then you're part of the problem. I was going to say, it's the idea of if you're ignoring it, then you're just as bad as somebody who's doing it now. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's kind of the culture, which to be fair you should always be speak up against like like 
legitimate concerns of abuse, racism, all those things, 100%. Um, but I feel like it's, we have, nowadays, we have such a quick call to arms when even just the slightest hint of something comes through. Yeah, and people should um, stop trying to cancel and get rid of people who are just asking questions to get information. It's not that they're accusing you of being wrong or that this didn't happen. Some people just do not want to be out on a ledge to only find out later what you said was not true or you took it out of context. And that that's a problem as well. Like you can't just say things and not expect for there to be <coughs> outlash or backlash if you're either incorrect or you took something out of context, but you knew you took it out of context and chose not to bring light to that. Yeah. But again, back to back to your article, I don't think it's because of games. Um, I think it was a lot more uh, outside of gaming that resulted in whatever, you know, the their studies were showing. And you got to think about, you know, the presidential and political shit that was going on. People were so focused on that. They probably yeah. weren't fucking. They probably were fucking. No one wants to fuck um, their uh, president is Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, but in in a in a leeway to kind of social media, Pulsar uh, put out an article basically, um, kind of this, this is from a year ago, but it's still it's still it's just pretty, fun insight. Um, you know they kind of they kind of they kind of just went into like an insight about the breakdown of social media. And how very almost how intensely uh, esports people are about breaking down stuff, and how like Twitter really has the biggest momentum and stuff like that, and and how one thing I did notice about it is that how YouTube is like only at like out of this like this pot of all these esports gamers, they had a very like lower percentage than you would expect because like Twitter engagements for esports is like forty two percent, Instagram is nineteen percent, Tumblr seventeen percent, forums is twelve percent others 2%, but then you have YouTube, which is 8%. And I think the biggest reason of because of that is because what do you usually use YouTube for when it comes to gaming and esports? It's to watch highlights and whatnot. To watch highlights and replays. And 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 especially last year and this year, there's been such a crackdown of like not posting highlights from games and stuff like that because a lot of these organizations are now legitimate organizations with sponsors and stuff like that. Like if you look at like even like Overwatch League, like they kinda they had a uh, action esports like cut uh cut away at them putting in um putting in ads uh not ads but putting uh putting highlights from games on their thing like yeah. the first after the first week of season two like action esports was like oh was told like they can't do that anymore yeah. uh because that's them losing money because if you're not watching or you're not on the overwatch league app that's them losing money that's their sponsors being like hey why aren't your people watching shit of our yeah. sponsor of of your sponsored material um, so I, I assume that's why the, that's such a low percentage on YouTube because they're getting pulled and those videos are being taken down. So, um, and I think what's also not being counted is those videos are being uploaded to YouTube, but they're being embedded to other sites. Yeah. And that, like that tick in the data is probably being marked on the other website and not YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Because the clip um, isn't coming from YouTube; it's coming from something on the um, website that's linked to. It. And I, I think, I, I guess, I think for me, one of the biggest takeaways on that is that I think the biggest reason why social media is so big for gaming 
is because of the fact that it's it stays on the internet and it stays like you could you you like you'll see sports fans talking about sporting events and stuff like that in person but very rarely do you see someone in person talking about like besides us i guess <laughs> yeah uh talking about like in person like yo did you see the game of like uh like team liquid blah 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 like versus cloud nine da, 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 and, and and league yeah 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 yeah, yeah. did you see that shit? like no one does that yeah like you don't see that you, like you, you said, don't it stays on the internet you know what's surprising um the surprising platform that was on this for me on this uh chart tumblr yes yeah no, Tumblr's huge. You know, um, Tumblr also really contributes to fandom culture. Uh, it, 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 uh, it really, Tumblr's always been that place that, like, if you want to, like, get weird or talk about fandom shit or, like, be emotional about stuff, like, in terms of, like, esports, Tumblr was the place. I remember, I remember when New York Excelsior won stage three in season one of the, of the stage three finals. Like somebody made like this long post with like gifts and like reactions and like gift crying and stuff like that and like and like and then they were like oh my god like imagine these players' mindsets and oh my god I'm so proud of my babies and blah 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 yeah um that like that's that's I I can see why Tumblr's such a big place for that for being like emotional reacting and stuff like that um, yeah I just haven't used Tumblr in forever also so the place of toxic fandom yeah i just i haven't used the platform in forever so seeing it at 75 percent or excuse me 17 17 yeah and youtube and forms like reddit only having uh 20 percent for me it was just really shocking that it was like huh esports fans are on tumblr to some capacity talking about esports which is Mm -hmm. again to me it was just a shocking platform uh yeah sitting at 17 percent. like 17 is yeah. not a lot but the fact that it it's almost the same as uh youtube yeah. and reddit together is kind of nuts yeah uh, um let's move on to something else though should we uh well since we're talking about sponsors do you want to talk about stance let's talk about stance stance <sighs> So, so if you guys don't know Stance, it's uh, it's a clothing company. They a do sock like company. let's just call so- it is. It's a sock company. Um, so the NBA Two K League uh are going to get sponsorship from Stance. They're going to get uh official like uh socks that are going to be like that. These esports players are going to be doing, which I think it's very interesting. But I also think it's a very fucking good move. Because we all know how I feel about fashion, and if you put in you you making your players wear some dope ass socks, hell yeah, I'm for it. Can we get a lid sponsorship? Can a, the, can lid... the thing that you're missing out though? So it's it yes. probably won't just be the players that are wearing these socks. It'll mm-hmm. be the players' avatar in game, and that's... wearing stance socks. And that's kind of cool too. <laughs> I think that's actually kind of cool. So it's not it's not like the regular type of sponsorship where it's just like like yeah the players will probably be getting socks and wearing them and you might see them Mm. on stream you know they might stunt the first pair that they get roll up the pants leg and wear some jays or something and show off the socks but the fact that you will now see that brand's logo not only on 
the players, but you'll see it on the player's avatar in game. That means that they'll be changing what are those things called the the billboards in the arena when they're playing uh, 2K leagues. You'll now see Sans probably cycle through there if it's not already on there. Um, but that's super interesting to see because it's almost like a in-game microtransaction yeah. for uh, esports. Which we've seen before with teams having certain skins, but I feel like it's different when it's something so niche, like stance socks. Mm. Also, I'm looking at the uh, the socks on the stance website. Not gonna lie, they're pretty fresh. Because <laughs> the jazz, been, they've been they've jazz been partnered with killer. NBA. I think they've been sponsored. They've been they've been with the NBA. I think since what 2015, 2016. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they started around that time. But yeah, Stance has been, you know, in partnership with the NBA. So the, them getting into 2K League is not surprising. But yeah. pun intended, sort of, the stance they're taking is pretty interesting. <laughs> um, so I think, I, think, I think we're at the point of the show where we should probably get into the big news. You want to get into the big news? Do you have the mental energy? Let's get into the big news. All right. So, guys, if you guys if you guys know the team Echo Fox, owned by former uh, LA LA Lakers player actor Rick Fox, um, he is severing all ties with Echo Fox. And if you guys remember, he you know Rick Fox was actually very very involved with this company, like when he bought it and then rebranded it and everything, and. He's basically leaving and severing ties because based on their uh, a few racial comments that were made by, which originally was said to be a shareholder it, in the company. It was, it was a shareholder um, using racist terms against not only Rick Fox, but also Jace Hall, who is uh, well known within the gaming industry. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, you know, and the, and the, and these racial comments weren't they weren't they weren't one place only. It was you know yeah. apparently he said it, you know, in conversation as well as in emails. Yeah, um, in multiple locations, and and it's to the point now where like I think even League of Legends has now said they are they are launching a formal investigation into Echo Fox. Which, how do you feel about that? Um, before I get into, hang on, let me find the exact, what he, the email that he sent. Um, What's up? No, I'm you gonna, look I'm gonna for find the, the, yeah, the exact email that he sent. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll fill this, okay. this dead air. Uh, no. Um, so, I got it. He's, Rick Fox sent an email, um, addressing all major shareholders, according to Destro. Um, if you guys don't know, that's Richard Lewis. He wrote this article. This is where we're getting all the information from. He said, all, this is an official notification of my intention to exit the Echo Fox organization as a shareholder and participant as soon as I am able to facilitate a transaction to do so. The recent outrageous and abhorrent display of pure racism made by a significant Echo Fox shareholder as well as threats to my family have made it impossible for me to continue to remain associated with the company. 
I will not support or be associated with such behavior and attitudes displays as the, or excuse me, displayed at the shareholder level. Racism is an athenium. Is that how you say that? An anathema. Anathema. An anathema. Damn, that's a big ass word I've never heard before. An anathema to what my personal brand strives for and tolerating any form of discrimination such as this is not acceptable. This notification serves as the beginning process of exiting the company. I will be contracting all relevant and interested people. My position in the GP and the entity that owns my shares are available. Depending on the proposal, there are different ways to structure a deal, acquire my entity, swap positions, etc. Interested parties can contact me. I am moving on the first deal that sits well. So that was the official email that he sent out stating that he would be leaving. So does that essentially mean that he's going to stay in esports? I think so, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he's going to be staying in esports or he's going to try to stay in esports, maybe with a different organization. I think the, I won't say the smart move, but to me, the right move would to be to stay in esports and establish another brand. Yeah. Because you're Rick fucking Fox. Yeah. And people will support you and stand behind and he balls, you. And he balls so hard, motherfuckers want to find him. And I think, exactly. I, think if he, I think if he established a new brand or a new organization, I think you would also have not only players, I mean, not only coaches and, and investors coming to him, I think you're going to have players coming to him. I think you're going to have people who's going to be like, you know what? He's fucking dope. He stood against some shit. I like his mission. I want to be in that organization. I want to be on this team. And I think you're going to get a lot of good players that are going to want to play for you. Yeah, um, so I, I'm going to come out right and say it, right? The shareholder had the audacity because he felt that he put money into this, that he bought the right to call Jace Hall and uh, Rick Fox a nigga. I'll say it. I don't care. This shareholder should be, his name should be called, the, like his name needs to be put out there. Absolutely. Because... You can't be in esports, and yes, it's a white. The gaming industry is a white male dominated industry. Everyone knows that. There's no question but, about it. Yeah, but the but, the amount yeah. of uh diversity that is within gaming, you can't or, know that either. Or uh, or even like the amount of diversity just in Echo Fox. Like for you to think you could come into an organization like Echo Fox and say some shit like that is crazy. Especially like Echo Fox, they signed uh they signed uh what's it called? Oh, they signed they literally signed Sonic Fox. Exactly. Like, like they signed Sonic Fox to the organization. How the fuck do you think you're gonna be able to come into the, like and be like just because I have X amount of money invested that I can be a piece of shit towards people? No, that's not how it fucking works. And like you literally have that, a black gay furry on your organization. Yeah, you have you a black as shareholder and Jace Hall a nigga. You can't like, like you can't do that. Like this, like first off, he doesn't need like he his shit. I don't know how the fuck it works. Can we buy this guy out, guys? So so th- this is the part that bothers me a very like a, a little bit, but I don't know if it's enough to. I don't want to say shame. It just it just doesn't sit 100% right with me, right? Yeah. So Sonic Fox himself tweeted in regards to this report saying, 
I respect my boss so much. If this is the case, he has been a big inspiration to me. And if he chooses to leave, I hope he stays in esports as his passion and support for it is limitless. Now, yeah. should we be looking at Sonic Fox a little weird the fact that probably someone who supported him so heavily in esports i i'm not 100% sure how much but the fact that you seem very close with Rick Fox and he decides to step away from an organization because he feels that it's not right for him to be in a situation where someone's calling him and other shareholders a nigga and you and 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 that shareholder who's behave, conducting himself that way is not being handled properly do you feel like sonic fox should step away from the org based from that soul situation or is it kind of like isolated where it's like only on rick fox has nothing to do with the players because because i'm looking at it kind of how I'm looking I think, at it from like a Colin Kaepernick standpoint. That's what I'm. I I I I leaving an organization like that. I feel like would be a very smart move because it's the fact that it's 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 the idea of like this is blatantly something that's happening. It's blatant racism. It's blatant like prejudice against somebody. And I think and I think if you sit in that type of culture or you don't handle shit properly, that's going to spread because it's going to be a person who's going to be like, huh, I made the president fucking leave this place. And now I can like, and it, 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 it lets influence. And like other people are going to be like, Oh, I guess we could be pieces of shit. I guess we could be racist in this organization. I guess we can get away with it because we, we didn't get anything done to us. We got a slap on the wrist and that's it. Yeah. So I think if it, if it's, you know, I think regardless of whether it's handled properly or properly or not, I think Sonic, if Sonic Fox left, I don't think I'd be like, oh my god, why would he do that? I think I would be like, that's such a, that's a very smart move. Yeah. Um, so I, I, because it's, 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 it's the idea of like, why do you, it's, it's like, it's why do you want to be part of toxic culture, even if it gets fixed? Exactly. Like, I, right in this state right now, it's a toxic place. I don't, and I don't want to put this situation. I don't want to take the situation away from Rick Fox. But I do want to see where Sonic Fox goes because if he stays there, like you said, it's it's a toxic environment. It's now tainted with an organization who has shareholders who clearly blanket racism, right? Yeah. We don't know how that's going to trickle down into the actual organization. And, yeah, and of course, the organization is going to come out and say, hey, we had nothing to do with that, but we know that organizations don't have the best people to people skills yeah and i think a lot still some organizations and especially it feels like echo fox some of them still have those people who who treat who treat uh organ who treat their organizations like business and only about money and realizing that they're just they're thinking like their players their coaching staff their share like shareholders thinking that those people are just money machines and they don't care about them actually. They don't care about taking care of them. So I think, I think, I think uh, not only Sonic Fox, but I think a lot of players would would benefit from making a move to somewhere else. And I know saying that is like, oh well, 
what if someone told you to quit your job? If my job was super racist and super homophobic or just was terrible, I don't think I would want, I would not want to be part of that organization. I would immediately look for a new job. It's exactly. simple as that. And um, and Sonic Fox has an easier way of stepping away because he's an FGC player. He's not signed to a team. Yeah, FGC is not franchised like League yeah. of Legends. He there can are step plenty away. of yeah. There are plenty of organizations that would probably be like, oh shit, you guys want to sign Sonic Fox to our thing to be an FGC fighter? Yeah, 100%. let's do it. Hundred percent. And I think that and yeah, and I think it, it might be harder for some of the league players and stuff like that. But I think also if like if you're on a good caliber, I think you'd be able to be like, all right, listen, like I don't want to be part of this shit. Like, well, well part of the reason I'm I sure- say that uh, the league team has a more difficult time stepping away is because that organization is is in a franchise system. There's a yeah. lot of contracts in place. It would be yeah. a lot more difficult and probably expensive for the lead team to step away as a whole. But Sonic Fox can break that contract, and I think he yeah. should. Yeah. Because I would not want to put a fox on my chest or a logo on my chest and say, hey, I'm taking money from these guys when I know that they're there's racism within the organization. Whether yeah. this guy's the owner or not, the owner of the org is taking money from them. Yeah. Who's calling people whatever the fuck he wants to call them. That's just my stance. So, guess what? You can call Rick Fox whatever you want. I support him in leaving Echo Fox, everything that he's going to do and has done in esports. And I'm, I'll say it. Niggas in esports ain't going nowhere. Hmm. We're going to be here and we're going to keep doing what we do best. Inspiring and creating dope culture that people enjoy from everywhere in the world. Whether it be hip-hop music, gaming, entertainment. Like, you can't stop us. So, Rick Fox, thank you for being the big guy (laughs) and stepping away. I hope that you stay in esports. Please, please, please do not let this deter you from inspiring stay. like the young kids that you've been inspiring yeah. within this. Stay in this organization. Be a force for change because you've already been like such a big force of change. Or e- even if you don't stay in the organization, go and create go and create your own. Because I originally said when I, when I read this article, I was like. I hope Rick Fox pulls a Dave Chappelle. Instead of saying anything, he could have just been like, you know what? Fuck this, I'm out. And went to South Africa. And chilled. But he did it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He should have done that. But I'm glad at the way he handled it. And again, I'm here to support niggas in esports. All right? I am too, but I cannot say that word. It's okay. I said it for you, right, buddy? Thank you. Thank you. So you want to get into uh, um, the Puerto Rican, excuse me, the Puerto Rican governor getting, speaking on esports and developing esports in Puerto Rico? Um, I mean, no. I thought you were going to go with uh, the Polish president talking about his support of e. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get into Either that, one. Either I, one freaking works. Let's, let's go from niggas in esports to Puerto Rico. You know, you know, you got to Puerto- make the sense. We can talk about this side. So if you guys don't really know what we're talking about, um, Puerto, Rican, uh, Puerto Rican president uh, Jesus Manuel Ortiz 
Um, he's been he tweeted about his support for esports to come to Puerto Rico. Um, look, and he's looking for initiatives to open up. You know, uh, essentially like arenas, not arenas, but it's places to 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 create economic and and to have economic and developmental impact. And I think that's great. I actually I think that's fucking awesome because what I think Puerto Rico does need is I think they need that. I think after everything that's happened in Puerto Rico, I think being able to be like, hey. Like, I know it's been rough uh, the past couple of years in Puerto Rico, but, you know, we're, we're trying to create something. We're trying to create a culture. We're trying to bring in, like, like something new to liven things, you know? And I think especially for, for, for kids, I think it's going to be great. I think, I, I mean, you know, I think it's going to be great for, um, like, younger, like, 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds who are just trying to look for something and, like, they don't have a purpose. I think this is something... That if esports comes to Puerto Rico, I think they'll be able to find like a like a purpose and something just to uh, yeah. I'm just very I'm very happy about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think so? Part of the reason that he wants esports to have a presence in Puerto Rico um, is to help with recovery uh, from Hurricane Maria. Do you think because of how much esports is being boasted that he could be mistaken by how much of the revenue how much revenue would be brought to um Puerto Rico I I think definitely there is a chance that he um that he thinks it's also a good financial investment and I think uh I think he might have somebody I hope there's somebody to like tap on the shoulder and be like hey listen Yes, there is a chance for you to get some good revenue on this. There is a good chance for you to like bring money to help the country in, but <laughs> it's a it's a pro. I hope that somebody just there to tell him like it's a process. Yeah, someone like, to play devil's advocate a little. There's bit. a process, and and you gotta you gotta know that there is a process. Yeah, because that was the first thing that I was thinking was okay. Yeah, we can bring esports to Puerto Rico. I'm up for that because I would love to have a reason to go to Puerto Rico, even though. I would want to go there without esports, but I looked at it kind of like, okay, this is a forceful way to some extent to force Puerto Rico to develop in ways that it may not be already developed. Um, Mm -hmm. And like you said, recovering from the hurricane, but like you said as well, showing kids that, hey, we don't have to live x way we can live y way and there's potential for you guys to be successful in that um yeah and give you opportunities to maybe go out and experience other places that aren't puerto rico because you know i feel like on an island like that people are probably very (sighs) to themselves where it's like why would you want to leave the island you have everything that you could ask for here you know you have your family you have all this stuff what do you need to leave the island for and this yeah. is his way of kind of saying, like, because the world is massive and we shouldn't just isolate ourselves to our own home. Experience the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, listen, if, if like, listen, HP Viomin, if you want to throw a bunch of fucking PCs at, like, at Overwatch League and all your game events, throw some goddamn PCs at, at, <laughs> at Puerto Rico. Give us some good gaming PCs. Yeah, Give man, these like, people. Give these, give these kids a chance. Support that shit. And it's funny because I read an article. I believe it was a Kotaku article. I want to say maybe five or six months ago. 
about right. a kid who was the best StarCraft player in Cuba. But he could he knew based on watching um YouTube that there were other better players than him, but he could only get but so good because he could only play people in a certain region and when he went to tournaments he would be playing against the same people and he already knew that like he was better than them but he like his skill level couldn't progress because he was limited on who he could play and that's very sad to see that someone is so dedicated to a game that was once you know number one in the world and he can't improve because he has no one else to play with and it kind of made me look at like any other sports where it's like what if you have this league and you guys always make it to let's say like um the olympics but you guys lose out to the same teams all the time and you're like well you know these are our best players like why are they constantly losing when when they play at home they beat everyone it's like because you can only be but so good above the skill gap yeah like who you're playing against if if you start these these organizations and you let them branch out, they're going to be forced to be reckoned with. I mean, it's the same token of why like when the Overwatch World Cup comes, like like Brazil, like Brazil this year made it, and then Brazil like they did okay, but they were just like oh they were like middle of the pack, and a lot of people were like, oh they're decent players when they play at in contenders, and I'm like yeah, but you you give them this chance to be in a bigger stage, of course they're not going to be as good. And I think that's what it needs. I think we need more players in like these i i don't want to say like underdeveloped or third world countries because some of them are on the rise and now they're they're getting better but like i think we need to put we need to be able to give a platform for these people so they can get better and not just be the best one in their town so they could start to work to be the best one in the country the best one in the world you know what i'm saying yeah and i think and i and and i think the the president tweeting about this and being all for it and being like hey yeah let's, let's do it i think that's a good step i think it's a step that needs caution I think it's a step that needs good advisors, but I think it's a step in the right direction, definitely. And I think Uh, think it would provide um, the kids of Puerto Rico an opportunity to get out, experience the world, and have, you know, be able to come back to Puerto Rico and be like, hey, look, I was in Russia, I was in Brazil, I was in, uh, you know, Sweden, I was in all these different countries and cities and this is how the world operates and just, you know, we can improve what, you know, our way of living from my yeah. experiences now. Like I have a better understanding of the world and how to interact with people. Yeah. And I'm with them. I'm, I'm with um, the governor of Puerto Rico. Like you said, I just hope that, you know, there's someone there to play devil's advocate for them to do it the right way, not to deter them or push them in the wrong direction, but just so that they're aware of like, hey, this isn't going to be easy. And there are certain ways that we have to go about doing things. But um, he's not the only president or governor that uh, supports esports. Like you were saying earlier, the Polish president, um, he issued a statement in regards to. Uh, he did. He issued a statement in his support for esports. What did he say? Um, he said, can we say that esports is a sport? If we are allowed to claim that chess is a sport, if we can claim that bridge is a sport, then esport 
which tremendously develops manual skills and reflects, uh, excuse me, reflexes of a player, without a doubt can be can considered a sport. How yeah. do you think? First of all, do you do you consider chess a sport? Uh, you wait. On your own personal, without anything. Do so that I do, I consider what chess a sport. Chess. Uh, do chess. I consider chess a sport? Uh, I want to say yes because it does require some. It requires skill. I think it requires skill, and I think I think it does require strategy and planning. And again, what the Polish president says: if if we're gonna require, if we're gonna say that's a sport, and we're gonna do all these things, you know, for it. Why can't we do that for esports? And that makes perfect sense. But I think also, uh, unlike Puerto Rico, um, he has a very well foundation of proof that that not only him but Poland is big into esports because they've hosted tournaments, they've hosted CS:GO tournaments, they've hosted Dota two tournaments. Mm. Um, so I think he has more so like proof in the pudding um, that this is a real legitimate thing. Um, unlike the Puerto Rico president, who's just like, hey, this is great. And again, as I said, it's a good step. It should be a cautious step. But I think for Poland, I think it's uh, a, I think it's more so of like, um, he, you know, I have this proof already. So me saying this, like, comes that I have proof that I can say this yeah, and be confident about it. Um, so with and, you and saying he, that, quick question. Yes. Do you consider racing a sport? Yes, I do actually. Because again, it like like car racing, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Or any form think, of racing, really. I think any kind of racing is considered a, a sport. Mostly not just running, but I think also because racing and stuff like that, car racing, it requires you again to have um quick reaction times. I think you need uh, you need some of the quick reaction times that you have like a gamer would have that like somebody would have in racing. Like yes, it's 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 totally different. You fuck up in racing, you could die. But yeah. still, you need that kind of mental fortitude that I think you can have in esports and in shooting games and stuff like that. And and that's why I feel like, you know, a lot of people like, you know, not 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 to, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, but you know, like, then why isn't other things like 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 you can't compare the two? I'm like, I think you can. I think you need a certain set of skills when it comes for regular sports and esports, um, which both make them both kind of you know, things that should be considered on the docket. Yeah. So um, I, I, I cut you off before I asked that question. What were you going to say before? Do you remember? Uh, I actually don't know because I just went on a very, I went on a, a quick tirade. Okay. But yeah, the, the Polish president, he pretty much made that statement in regards to FIFA <clears throat> being considered a non-conventional game yep. uh, and how, you know, FIFA is starting to sign players for online tournaments and live tournaments. So mm. if, from his point of view, it's kind of coming from these guys are already playing a sports game. So yeah. why is it not considered a sport just because they're not yeah. physically, you know, out on the field playing? So his is kind of comes more, his support kind of comes more from a traditional point of view. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um but I, I, I'm not against it. I don't want, I don't want people to think that. But I think his his point of view, coming from a more traditional point of view, is where most people aren't willing to 
connected to, if that makes sense. Mm. But again, as we always say, uh, more exposure is good, right? Good exposure. Good exposure is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's say good. that. Let's say that. Good exposure is good. There we go. <laughs> um, I think unless you have anything else to talk about, uh, do we have anything else on the docket that you really want to get into? There are two other things, but they're pretty big. But I'm going to hold off. We can definitely talk about these on the next episode because yeah. they're so important. Um, but I'll just let you guys know before we get out of here, like, you know, what it will be. It'll be um, Epic, you know, the exclusive deals that Epic was making with uh, publishers and developers. What's the other one? Yeah, actually, that's that's a topic. And then, we can... and then, and then the success of Fortnite and their employees being burned out. Because I can kind of dive a little bit deep in there without entirely breaking my NDA, but it's still something that needs to be brought to light and be made vocal because people just aren't aware of how their gaming habits can actually affect the people's lives who's making mm. the game outside of just sending death threats saying, hey, this game sucks, I should kill you guys. Like, There's yeah. a lot of stuff that goes into it outside of yeah. that, so... Yeah, it's, very, it's a large topic. <laughs> yeah, super heavy. Anything else you want to contribute before we exit? No, no, actually. I was going <laughs> to say some stupid shit, but then I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I, right. can't get the, I can't get the judgmental look uh, when we True. do this over Discord. So, but, so with that uh, being yeah. said, guys, we love you. We appreciate you for listening. Stay esports ready. And until good game do its part, we'll talk to you on the next episode. Peace.